Hello and welcome to the Connected Generation. My name is Nika Anani and I'm your host. I hope you're well and I hope you had an amazing Christmas break and still are having a great break. It's been super relaxing um, <laughs> and we've had a lovely, lovely vacation um, and yeah, time for reconnecting with self, reconnecting with family, re-envisioning the new year that's ahead of us and I'm super super excited so looking forward to 2022 and all that it will bring hopefully more stability (laughs) just putting it out there to the universe um we'd like some predictability please (laughs) um yeah so this week onto the podcast the last episode for 2021 and I think it's a phenomenal way to end the year I was connected to Gary Turner through a dear friend of mine, Cornell Thomas, and Gary is just a light. He is a gem. He is fascinated by this intersection between inner self-connection and systems change, transformational change in the world, and I find it ever so fascinating. He's a human-centric, and in his word, how he got to this place of looking at the inside, helping folks deal with their inside so that they can be greater catalysts for change on the outside was as a result of integration of strands of his personal journey. And he speaks a lot about how he went through spiritual bankruptcy and how a lot of people are might be financially affluent and prosperous and flourishing, but may have a hollowness on the inside and feel purposeless and be disconnected from their feelings and their and their thoughts. And I found this so fascinating. He speaks about the hollowness of pursuit of more, but not necessarily um, finding purpose in the midst of that. So I don't want to spoil it. I feel like I already kind of have, but yeah. <laughs> Enough of my TED Talk and on to Gary's TED Talk, which was phenomenal. So enjoy. Hi, Gary. Welcome to The Connected Generation. I'm so excited for our conversation today. Thank you for the invitation, Nikki. Likewise. Yeah. So today you serve humans to get time back, to feel more fulfilled, navigate life with more ease, through transforming their connection to themselves, to others and to systems at large. But before we unpack that, I want to know, how did you get here? (laughs) How long have you got, Nikki? About an hour. (laughs) So do you know something? If I do the sort of checkered version, maybe the short version for you. So that message you just kindly shared, um, Mm. it's very new for me. And what you just described on my behalf, thank you, is really the integration of so many different strands Hmm. Of, of my personal journey the last six years. And what that means is up until age 39, six years ago, I was on that traditional Western track, Nikki, that we that certainly in, in the West that we're brought up on, right? Get your hmm. grades, get a job, buy a house, get married, maybe have kids if you're lucky. If you're really, really lucky and survive to your, your sort of a pensionable age, and then you can have a nice life when you finally like completely got rid of all of the energy that you had <laughs> while you were yeah. younger, then you can enjoy it. And th- I was literally on that track and very privileged. Yeah. I'm a white male brought up in London, in the UK, like zero barriers. Mm. And if anything, actually, because of the system I'm part of, I got by, I've been very blessed to do very well personally and professionally, despite not being the most academic, despite not being, you know, the brightest out of the the bunch, right? Because the systems have supported me partly with that. However, what the bigger sort of awareness for me over the last six years has been is that I chased all that stuff, Nikki, but it took me, it took me having everything, the salary, the car, the house, everything the outside world told me and education mattered. Mm. I had to have it all before I realized it meant nothing. (laughs) What I mean by nothing, yes, at a transactional sort of consumption, short-term hit in your arm, it was great. Yeah. But at a spiritual soul level, it meant nothing. So what happened to me age 39, I literally just sat there. I sat there one day in my apartment here in the UK, just going, why do I feel so awful? Why do I feel hollow? And that's the word literally. Yeah. Like torso area, like might be my heart, I can't remember, but definitely my middle body. I just sat there going, and it came from nowhere, right? 
I wasn't mm. like sitting there pondering and you know meditating or anything. It's literally in the moment I'm sitting there, just going, "Why do I feel so hollow?" Mm. So I'll stop there for a moment. <laughs> that's a, that's oh, the God, sort of ch- that's the checkered part. <laughs> checkered part. Jesus, there's like so much to unpack from just those those brief two minutes. So much to unpack. Um, you were talking about the Western linear kind of system, that programming that we just we chase, and it's been ingrained in us. And I don't really know how and when, mm. but just to the pursuit of the tick box. You know, you get your good grades, and then you go to university, and you get the good job, and you buy the house, and you get married, and you have the kids and the dog, and somehow that's supposed to bring meaning and purpose and fulfillment. But it doesn't. It feels hollow. And it's interesting you use that word because I use that word to describe my journey as well. When I also started my, after university, started my career in Deloitte and I felt it was hollow. It was not meaningful. Mm. And you kind of alluded to there being um, a neglecting of the spiritual self. Can you speak more to that? Yeah, absolutely. Good. God, you capture stuff so well, Nikki, honestly. Um <laughs> So I've used the phrase only recently. It's only been the last six months, but at a, at a felt level, that's an important at point. Felt level. At, at a hmm. felt level, at an embodied level, I remember now how spiritually bankrupt I was. Hmm. And that's a phrase I've used a lot in the last six months, spiritually bankrupt. And what that means is there's no judgment of me or anybody else in what I've shared. But when you're on that Western track, you and I have both experienced. Yeah. We give away very innocently and unconsciously literally our power our energy and that's for me what you know, whatever your however you define spirituality i define it as energy someone else might follow a particular religion someone else yeah. may look, take it from nature whatever your version of that is i didn't have any of that that was not part of my conscious makeup up until mm. age 39 and it and it wasn't even i didn't realize this part this clarity has only come in the last 18 months actually wow. that i was that i was spiritually bankrupt and so yeah it's it's been yeah I'll stop there wow. for now. <laughs> yeah, no. And so, so what did that bankruptcy look like um, for people that are listening and might not mm. have had that awakening or that consciousness that this is what's going on, right? Um, what did that look like for you? What were the kind of symptoms, so to speak? And yeah. then how did you then proceed to replenish spiritually? Yeah, great question. So if I just go back a little bit to... Mm-hmm. If I go back to February 2018, if I may, because what that's so bearing in mind, age 39, I then had this hollowness. I'm like, oh my God, okay, what, what's going on? I've got this emptiness, despite having everything in the outside world, says matters. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. then sent me down in case this is helpful. I then got curious about what, you know, why do I feel that? And I didn't go out looking to f- replace that or stuff it full of something, mm-hmm. which was interesting only reflecting on this recently, and that's where this spiritual bit comes in. It wasn't I needed more stuff to fill that gap, because I've done that in the past, right, Nikki? Drugs, drink, alcohol, whatever it might have been. Oh, that hollow or that, you know, that, un- that uncomfortable feeling of fill it full of something. Mm. This was different. It was like I got curious instead of, like, depressed about it. I was like, okay, what does it feel like? So I went into learning and development, went, trained in organisational design and development, so really sort of went through that HR people culture sort of development over the next two years but what was interesting i i then burnt myself out so Mm. although i'm on this i've started this sort of awakening journey realize it's not all about all of this stuff but i still hit this brick wall despite being what i feel was starting to do more meaningful work Mm. and this was one of the triggers me about this spiritual bankruptcy as i reflect on it is i feel that we are spiritually bankrupt to be put it really practical Mm -hmm when we live solely in our head, when we believe that we can create our reality and it all be fine and dandy and sort of, if we, if we think that, if we believe that we can think our way to happiness, hmm. that is the problem. We need to feel and think our way to whatever we think happiness, connection, well-being is. Because a lot of it's innate. It's not hmm. like we need to go outside, pull it into our body. Like we are well before we overthink. We are well before we give away our power, we are well, mm. generally, before we let the social systems that we're brought up in indoctrinate us. So it's almost like a remembering, like sp- being, up, being spiritually full mm. is remembering that we are enough before any of the outside stuff, before we start chasing anything outside of us, 
remembering that we are enough before the car, the house, the money. That's probably one of the big, big learnings for me. Wow. Um, I so love this concept of spiritual bankruptcy. And so today, you know, I explained in, in the introduction, you help people get time back, feel fulfilled, navigate life with ease, transform their connections themselves, etc. And you said that really is essentially kind of a reflection of your life journey um, to get to where you are today. So how do you do that? So God, you've got some good questions. So, <laughs> so, so again, I'm really conscious that we can go sort of so, like being spiritual and being aware is great, but I want to bring quite practical for your audience. So yeah. there's three key focus areas for me, Nikki. So, so one is what I call connection as a summary, which is connection to self, connection to others, connection to systems. They are all deeply integrated and sort of nested within one another. But in order to truly feel, Mm. i.e. to truly connect head and heart in a way that we've not been educated over the last hundred years in the West, we need to be very conscious and intentional. And I know it's a word I've heard a lot on your platform before. We need to be really intentional about how do I feel when I'm on my own? What stories do I tell myself? Mm -hmm. How do I show up? When I'm introducing myself to people, do I go by my job title or do I go by who I really am? So there's this mm. self, there's this self awareness piece around connection to self. Connection to others is, of course, you know, how do I reserve judgment? How do I stay conscious around the bias I might have around this person that doesn't look or sound like me? And then you've got the connection to systems. And this has been the massive learning for me, not just from the point of having like white male privilege, which I do have for sure, but even more than that realizing that to have this mobile phone and for us to meet as we are through this screen today, that means there are people being oppressed around the world. There are, for us to get the iron ore and the precious metals out of the ground from a mine in Africa, there is very mm -hmm. likely a corporation displacing an indigenous tribe somewhere in the world so that mm -hmm. we can access those, those minerals, which then go into making this laptop or this mobile phone. So becoming aware of that, not getting, feeling ashamed of it, not feeling yeah. upset about it, but getting real about the fact that everything is connected and interconnected. There is no way that, you know, you can have those headphones on or me have this mobile phone without there being risk of oppression somewhere else in the world. Hmm. So this connection piece is so important because we've only been educated. Again, I was only educated around a very specific, narrow colonial view of what education looked like. Yeah. Whereas when we, my, my mission is as a white man in particular to reach other men, as well as any human, but I really want to reach those corporate leaders, those that have power within our current systems globally, just to invite them to explore their inner landscape, their feelings, their upset, you know, what stops them being vulnerable, what make, what are their fears that they have, what are they afraid to let go of? It's like doing that real inner work through themselves with others and with systems. That is the absolute like critical function of the work that I do. And then there's two supplementary areas. One is playfulness. Mm which is important, right? You've got to have fun with this. Like, oh, yeah. Because I get really serious sometimes, but like, we've got to have fun. And when I talk about being playful, it's not frivolous. I'm talking yeah. about experimenting, right? Practicing all the things that we don't create time for because we need to have the right answer. Again, we've been educated. There's right and wrong. No, no, no. There's a million different ways to get what your version of right is. And it's a case of experimenting and sort of practicing until you find what that is for you. And then the last part, is around context or integration. So how do you actually help someone understand not only their own context and how they fit within their own worldview and how does that intersect with other people's worldviews? So all of this stuff, in summary, is very emergent, Nikki. It's not oh. about me. I don't come in and say, hey, here's my 12-step program. <laughs> Go in at the front end. You'll come out the back end and you'll feel awakened and full of energy. Now, my role is to use my lived experience, my international commercial expertise, and my people and culture expertise to hold space for individuals and teams to mm. remember individually and collectively how amazing they are before the fear kicked in, how amazing they are and the, uh, the unlimited potential that sits in every one of us before we start taking on other people's stories. So it's all about space holding and connection and remembering. There's nothing. We don't need to buy anything off the shelf. We don't need mm. to buy the next upgrade of humanity. We are all enough, oh but we need God. the space and we need the, the conditions to allow that to come to the surface. Gary, I'm just like, what is going on? <laughs> you don't need to buy the next upgrade of 
humanity it, did you say yeah 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 oh we, my we, goodness we, we don't need to wait we don't need to wait for the next thought leader to tell us yeah here's, here's your eight steps or here's your 12 grand program like you're enough you just you might need to find the community you know not oh. everybody's got not everybody's got money right nick i appreciate that but there's communities out there and anybody any of your listeners can join tomorrow for free to get this sort of experience but if you do need help like come to nikki come to me have a conversation but this is about a remembering it's not about it's not about a i need more stuff in my life it's about getting the support to remember and there's been so much exploitation of this hasn't there because a lot of like thought leaders or you know they sit by the sidelines and manipulate the vulnerability and the fears and the emotional side of folks who haven't necessarily maximized optimized how to master their inner selves to be the best version of themselves outwards and they threw program after program and and what have you so no this is this is fantastic Gary you we have like about three conversations to have from just what you just answered in the last question and I, I had to take notes because I was like he is just like so meaty you said we have a narrow view of what education is mm-hmm. Uh, education system is quite narrow. Can you can you expand share on that? Yeah, let me use my own lived experience. And what, and what kind of education do we need? Yeah, so it, for my, and again, I want to sort of for you and your listeners, this is very much my Gary Turner lens, okay? It's not to cast anybody else. But what I can say with the learning I now have, particularly the last few years, is my education Yes, I'm sure we all did similar maths. We did similar symmetry. We might have done similar art. But the big, big miss, particularly, is around history. Hmm. My, my history, so basic. Yeah. So, And I'm not blaming teachers or anything. Maybe it's my learning style. Who knows? But what I can tell you is the only thing I got talk about black history was the slave trade. Yeah. And, it, and it's for about an hour and a half. That's the only sort of awareness I had outside of the patriarchal, you know, monarchy type stories that we got taught at school, right? Is there was nothing about, oh, by the way, the British Museum houses pretty much 99% of stolen stuff from around the rest of the world. Oh, right. <laughs> Didn't realize that. Or, mm. you know, nothing about anybody else's culture or anybody else's view of what the UK may have looked like if you happen to have maybe have come over with the Windrush generation during mm. the 60s and 70s. You know, what would it have been like for their family to come to somewhere new to try and mm. help the UK? sort of develop you know so there was never any ever any alternative perspective it's very much i now know a very innocent in some ways but it must have been intentional at some point colonial education Mm. we are the best it's all about us don't worry about anybody else and that's what needs to shift like nature thrives on diversity nikki and we Mm. need more diversity in the education system Nature thrives on diversity. That's the that's a word right there. I I am so with you about the importance of history, and even my understanding of history was very narrow, even as a person of color. Um, and I've had to do a lot of work myself in my adult years to really trace back um, what is my history, um, and not only history is is I find it I absolutely love history. But what is also key is understanding that there might be inherent biases and in who's telling the story. So mm. the framing of the narrative. So it's like you're a detective. It's like you are a detective and you're like, what's going on here? Is this person the most um, reliable source of this information? What kind of biases may they have for whatever reason? So it's really important that we do educate ourselves in our history because um our history gives us clues to why we are the way we are today. Um, and until we look back and understand our history, we won't be able to build upon and move forward or even heal from like events like the transatlantic slave trade or colonialism. Or And I think this healing is on both sides. A lot of the time we, as a black community, will talk about we went through slavery, you know, we went through colonialism and it was a really horrid effect. Um, Um, horrid events and it was and we're still feeling the generational trauma till now but I believe that also folks like you that are in countries of the former colonial masters are also going through some trauma too there's some shame there there's some 
guilt there. There's a lot to process, right? Um, mm. So yeah, history, I, I'm with you 1000% that it's, it's so critical. Mm, thanks for sharing that, Nikki. And I think you've just hit a really important point as well, which which I hadn't always joined the dots. Actually, is mm. that 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 is the point I think of part of why I'm here to do what I'm doing is again not to shame people, but like there is definitely gonna there is a lot of hurt oh, yeah. on, on on this side. And what I mean by hurt is that like till, you know, till even till the tragic murder of George Floyd, right? It, there was no discussion about DEI. Mm. in corporate spaces i didn't you know I, I didn't hear about it i was already on my own journey of starting to dive into it mm. i can tell you now in my job role and all around my global network dei was nowhere near a conversation until mm. that tragic event so it just shows you how far away the dominant culture is mm. and again if i go back to where i started like why wouldn't it be any other way if we've been conditioned to believe it's all about money success exactly the next like, why are you going to think about a fellow human being, no matter exactly. what, the, however, however they identify what color they are, if you've been taught that all that matters is at some point you'll feel good when you've got mm. the house, etc. So it's this beautiful, it's almost like there's, there's this unraveling, which is a painful unraveling, but it's a freeing unraveling. And at some point, these, like the healing comes with the unraveling, I think. I think they're, they're not mutually oh, yeah. exclusive sort oh, of yeah. events. For sure. And I want to touch on the gender piece a little bit when you said you you invite men to explore their emotions and get vulnerable and to do the inner work with themselves. And I I, I want to, there's been a lot of gendering of emotions in our society, right? The emotions that are suitable or um, what's the word I'm looking for, um, acceptable for women to display and the emotions that are, suitable and acceptable for men to display. And I really think we there's like a spectrum of, you know, um, male, female energies. And until we truly allow for people to be their authentic selves as a society, we won't reach our optimal potential. Just wanted to unpack that that piece on gender and emotions a bit more yeah you've you've taken the word i would have used beautifully out which is energy it's important so if i look at myself why do i talk about the stuff i talk about nikki is because i've got comfortable realizing that every single one of us on this planet is a mixture different frequencies different sort of depends on that if you look at it as like a scale of feminine and masculine um, energy mm-hmm. in the moment it changes i might be like hyper masculine tomorrow depending on how I feel I might be super angry yeah. at some point tomorrow. And then like 20 minutes later, I'll be super happy. Like I've done that so many times and someone outside might gender those emotions depending on what they observe. But mm. at the end of the day, they, none of, none of it, it's all fleeting. None of mm. it's fixed. And I think this is the important thing. When we talk about emotional intelligence, we talk about emotions, feelings, we talk about it as like a static, yeah. which, is, which is the big mistake. Like these things are continuously moving in the moment. And it is about, hence, what moves in the moment? Energy. Mm. Like, none of this stuff is fixed. And I think when we realise, actually, it's a, we, we're going to express and feel these different types of emotions, feminine mm. or masculine energy. And again, back to playfulness. Get playful mm. with it. Start observing yourself. Like, in what, in what situation do I find myself getting most angry? Okay, let me explore that. Okay, in what type of situation do I find myself being happiest? Okay, who am I with? Um, how often am I spending time with them? You know, getting curious about our live, our human experience and when we tend to be in more masculine or feminine dominant energy, that really helps us start to become more self-aware. But again, I don't think we, I certainly, I, wanna, I don't want to speak for other people, I certainly didn't spend that much time no. observing myself, almost like outside looking in, going, oh, okay, mm. what? And the more we do that, we reduce that gendering. Yeah. Because we start to see it for what it is, which is just an in-the-moment experience, which just happened to be. It's very difficult, right? To, like, what do words do? We use words as human beings because we're trying to communicate with one another. But words, yeah. aren't, words aren't always enough, are they? No. Because it's just like there's a sense. Like, if you want to get really spirit, like there's a sense. Like you and I are sharing energy now, even though it's through a screen. We've got a sense of each other without mm. even needing to speak. Mm. We don't allow ourselves to trust that sense enough. 
And then we, so sometimes we stick a load of words on and start getting divisive and gendering because, because we're, we're not happy just to sit there in silence or just experiencing each other mm, energetically, mm. you know? So I don't know if that's helpful at all or not, but. <laughs> no, no, it is. I think honestly, what would have done, I'll speak for myself, me, a lot of good in my education system would, if we can have some subjects on just self-awareness on the inner self. It would have done me more good than half the crap we learned. Um, <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> so true. Perfectly honest with you. I don't remember it. Um, and I love, you know, this idea and the concept of the gendering. And for people that don't really understand, like, you know, energy or when we say male kind of um, emotions and female emotions, can you just break it down 101 for them? Yeah. So again, Gary's Gary's lens on this is so so. <laughs> typically, if we look again at society, what tends to get valued or devalued? Yeah, we, we not even just devalued. Actually, wrong language. If you look at what's a traditional male, yeah, or what we excuse the the narrow gendering, we're talking male and female from this from this particular example. Mm. But male emotions would typically be seen to be things like anger, or you know, you talk about like who's an alpha male, so strong, powerful you know, invulnerable, you know, so you just get this stereotype of this strong, masculine, dominant. So anything that sort of comes with that type of energy is really seen to be like male, a male emotion. So, yeah. So, so things, things like courage, things like, um, like I say, anger, you know, all of that type of energy tends to be um, seen as more masculine. When you look at the feminine, you're looking at more things like listening, and mm. an empathy, uh, or it might be things um, just like connection, find it easier to connect with other people. Yeah. So, it's, so there's a softness generally. There's a softness and a connection to the feminine traits. Yeah. And there's this detachment and aggression and dominance attached to the masculine. But hopefully, what, and, and that's just been generations of gendering. And we see it, let's be honest, we see it in the toy shop, don't we? You see, like oh, bright, yeah. b- bright blue for b- for boys and bright pink for girls. Like, there's a great example of how marketing even genders and says, mm. like, if you're a boy, you have that type of toy, and if you're a girl, you have that type of toy. Like, it's th- it goes that deep. I'd love yeah. to invite your listeners actually next time they're in the supermarket to think about that because we don't always consciously. So mm. that's my sort of summary. Really, is that you know the funny thing is though we're all of that, and I would actually say it's really funny. Nick, I probably have in the last six years. I'm 90, 90%. I spend 90% of my time more with those that identify as female. Interesting. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. I love your point on playfulness and the distinction between playfulness and being frivolous and that we should get curious and be experimental and, you know, not take things, you know, so seriously so to speak that doesn't mean that we're not serious right can you speak more about that yes i can do it's again this is a work in progress for me nikki continuously because i'm i can get serious there's a phrase that someone shared once and i wish i wish i could attribute it to them i can't remember exactly who it was but they said what did they say again they said sacred not serious Mm. which i thought was really beautiful so it's like like none of this stuff is actually serious but depending on the context and the situation, it's really important to you, mm. which is a slightly different. So why I wanted to sort of frame it that way is, for me, playfulness is just so critical because I get really, my, like I say, when you're thinking about these meeting topics like you and I are or having this type of conversation, it's very easy to get into like, yeah, I think this is the right way or this is the best way or like, who am I? Like, I think it's up here. And, it, and when I start to do that, I wet myself laughing at myself. And it's a, again, it's that ability to just experiment and just go and just when I say playful, it's it's practice. I think practice is probably the biggest thing for me. So mm. I want to make it again, really super tangible for your listeners. When did you last go out of your way to have a conversation with someone that doesn't look or sound like you like consciously? Yeah, no, it's this is a good question. And it's something I I have learned over time because I've had the privilege of being put in places and spaces where I'm the only one of my type. Right. So I have, and and that's through my circumstances, right. Not, not out of my choice, 
mm-hmm. I have learned to um, navigate friendships with people that don't necessarily look like me. And I've learned through my experience that I've, I've become richer for that. Um, and, you know, moving to here and making new friendships, I'm very intentional, actually, about, you know, well, I have to ensure I have friends from different generations, different gender, different geographies, the three Gs, um, because there's a richness that that brings. It's not just always being with people that look exactly like me, the same age, talking about the same music. Sometimes it's it's great to sit across from someone that is has had 40 years more experience in life and just, you know, learn and glean wisdom. Sometimes, you know, it's great to be challenged by a Gen Z and I don't understand half the stuff they say, um, half the platforms they're on, and just try and keep up, <laughs> right? But it's a great point you bring up. It's... And it's, it's it's sort of like my, if I'm honest, Nikki, it's like my money shop because I've had to I've had to do the work myself the last few years on that. But if I can share an example, if I may, um, following again the, the tragic murder of George Floyd, I went intentionally. Back to that word again. I looked through the first thousand contacts of mine on LinkedIn. Mm. Have a have a guess how many were black men of those first thousand that I were connected to on uh, LinkedIn? Twenty, thirty, three. Wow, wow. And what was really interesting, and again, that was a total unconscious. It just happens to be, yeah. I, just, I just weren't in those circles or maybe I just yeah. wasn't connecting to, the, to, it just happens to be that demographic of black men wasn't in my network. Mm. So what does that mean? It means I'm not getting, my algorithms aren't feeding me that type of lived experience or that type yeah. of like insight or knowledge. Yeah. So I had to go super intentional out of my way. And it wasn't, never get me wrong, it wasn't like, yeah, go grab t- you know, 25 black men and get them into it as quick as possible. You know, I need to, I need to improve my quota. It wasn't about no. that at all, of oh. course. But what I found is that as I started to understand a bit more through, again, our mutual friend Cornell Thomas, yeah, one of the mm-hmm. most amazing, amazing, like, if I'm going to talk about, like, the archetypal, like, black man who I want to be one day, like, it's Cornell Thomas, right? <laughs> Just amazing human being. But he, yeah. he spent two hours with me and a couple of my friends after the tragic event with, with George Floyd. Oh, really? Because he said, look, you were curious, Gary. You asked the question, what's this like for you right now? Like, how is it for you and your family to have to navigate this time? I've got no idea. And yeah. he just went, he said, I've got no problem doing it because you asked the question from a place of genuine curiosity and care. And yeah. I, I am a better human being, honestly, today because of that conversation. He, he helped me go on this journey of understanding and exploration because he gave me two hours of his time, right? Mm. Again, back to the curiosity, intention, a genuine desire to be a better human. Had, had I come at him and said, hey, tell me everything you know about being a black man because like, I feel bad, he would have, yeah. that's energy, he would have felt that. And he would have just gone, no. You know, it's funny you say that because I remember around that time, Cornell was doing a lot of Facebook Lives and about the topic and he was saying there was a friend of his that felt a white male friend of his that felt guilty to ask him about how his experience has been that and he his words were what is the entry point for us to have this conversation and um Cornell was like you expressing uh, you know an interestingness is the very entry point and what I want from you is your empathy I don't want your sympathy if I sense your sympathy, um, that will close off this conversation, but it's your empathy we want from other communities. So it's really interesting that you talk about energy because he actually even said that on his platforms at the time. Just saying, I think this is the, that was me. That was you. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I remember, you said that, I remember that, that, that vividly. Oh and I, I my remember God. It struck me. I remember, I remember scrolling on Facebook and seeing him, go live about it he went live he was i can see him right now he was in his car and he was talking about a friend of his approached him and said what is the entry point for us to have this conversation on race injustice etc and he was like this is the entry point Um, god you've got a good memory no i don't have a good memory it's because it was touching you told me that you told me my story better than i could tell it thanks (laughs) it's because it was touching i remember it was memorable i don't have a good memory i mean you and i probably consume truckloads of content more than our brains can ever retain right but there's just some content that stand out mm. for whatever reason because they touch us right and that was that was one I, I will 
I, I remember what even Cornell was wearing in that live because I was like, what's, whoa. And I stopped and I watched the whole thing. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, no, curiosity, coming at things with empathy, not sympathy. Um, I started doing this thing and um, being more conscious of gamifying things um, because of this. I've realized that, you know, this playfulness is so important. Like life is to be enjoyed, not endured. Right. And so even my work, I'm very consistent. I'm very conscious of surrounding myself with people that I would because I'm very relational. I enjoy people's company that I am interested in. Not everyone. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> but I'm very intentional about surrounding myself with people that I would be happy to grab a coffee with, to go for a drink with, to chill at home with, go to a barbecue with both in my personal life and in my professional life. If I can't do that, I'm honestly not interested because then it feels like a, a chore, um, a job. Mm. Um, I have to endure this. And I, I truly believe life is to be enjoyed and not endured. Um, so, yeah, no, playfulness is really important. Like you said, not being frivolous, um, but, yeah, being experimental, practicing, being curious. And being intentional. I love it. Do you mind me asking if I may? I'm going to throw the throw, throw it around a little bit. I, I love how you sort of spoke about the sort of that professional and personal. Do you find the lines blurring more and more it's between? Blurred. Yeah, it is, it's it is blurred. blurred for you. Yeah, completely. When I was down the Western linear track, it was very compartmentalized and like you know, life was very nice and tidy. There was Nikhil in school and then Nikhil after school. You know, over the last five six years I've you know how you spoke about the importance of self the importance of interacting with others and the importance of systems I've become a lot more aware of that mm-hmm. and seeing that actually we are we're congruent beings we're not compartmentalized beings and I I'm the best version of myself when I truly live a fully aligned life mm-hmm. where I can bring the fullest um my full self, my authentic self to all my spaces and places, which is why I'm very intentional about curating, so to speak, the people that I surround myself with. And that's not to say that some people like the compartmentalized, you know, the very polished, corporatized professional life and then your personal life and what have you. But um, yeah, um, for me, it's, I also think that being an entrepreneur is the biggest test of your personal growth. I was reading a meme somewhere and he was like, all you entrepreneurs starting your journey, get a therapist. Because <laughs> all, all your issues and your tissues will come to the forefront as you start your journey because your fears of rejection, where's that from? Your fears of failing, where's that coming from? So I think in you know deepening my entrepreneurial journey forced me to kind of look more inward at my inner self and see that actually um, my vocation was strongly linked to my inner being. And there wasn't a wall, so to speak. It was all just a huge blur. <laughs> well, thank you. No, it's, it's beautiful. And I think I'm a someone that still works in corporate, but's building, building, I say, my, the Hexo Change business sort of alongside it. That, that integration piece is... It's so important because I, I would go as far as saying that if you, if you feel the need to separate those two parts of you, mm. there's going to be pain somewhere because you can because you're you know the innate state is to be congruent and aligned. I believe. Mm. Mm-hmm. Love love for anyone to challenge that, but I think like that's our innate flow state. As soon as we're trying to be anything that we're not, then it's just friction. You're only mm. gonna you're only gonna create pain somewhere. Mm. I think. And, ha- uh, and, and question, how's the corporate world taking to um, the concept of integration? <laughs> I'm just curious. I've been out of the corporate world for it's, a decade it's, now. It's, so. it's, it's, it's a brilliant question. Not well. Not <laughs> yeah. well. Not. However, t- to be fair, I've, um, I wrote, if you don't mind me sharing, I wrote an open letter to mm. nine of the most senior people within my company. So I've also put it out on my website as well to to the wider world. And it's a very personal, intimate mm. share around the link between my testicular cancer that I had last year and the pain that I think 
planet Earth is going through right now, through our overconsumption, through our extraction. And it was, and that this is my point about being integrated, is that we still produce and manufacture and consume. Mm. And I had learned this last week at a rate of 11 times what the planet can give us. So we are using up, we're using up the the planet Earth's resources at a rate of 11x. So you're, you might be on Clubhouse or on LinkedIn and people's going 10x your business, 10x your business. Stop 10xing your business, please. And start, start, start doing enough that makes you happy and content, but stop trying to 10x it. Stop trying to get to the bloody Mars with your spaceship. Because all of that is actually, believe it or not, is destroying the planet. So, so I work in a, a pretty extractive industry, the chemicals industry. So I just, my big, most integrated thing happened last Sunday, Nikki, mm. which was to send this note to my colleagues to say, hey, I think the time has come for me to step up and st- say my piece, which is we're at a very real risk, a very real risk of an existential threat as a human race in the next 50 years. If we continue to use our 11x of the planet's resources when she's only got one X to give. I'm speechless. Wow. I'm speechless for a couple of reasons. You know, the consciousness and awareness, I'm not sure people understand it when you quantify it like that, how imminent this risk is 11x. So it would mean that Earth would have to have 11 types of resources to keep Correct. up with us. And or we would have to slow down by 11 times. Now, I love that you've picked up on that second point, because there's a lot of work starting to come out now around minimalism as a, as a practice, how to keep your life minimal and not to keep yeah. gathering stuff. There's also some books come out now around what's called degrowth. So I work mm. in a highly, highly, highly high growth. It's all about, again, Western track, double-digit growth. We need to be growing double-digit share price. All of this noise means nothing when you're literally destroying the very thing that keeps you alive. Mm. But pretty much nobody's talking about that because, again, Western track. And this is the other bit, Nikki. And I don't want to get, well, let's go there because I think this is the space you're holding. <laughs> until we realize, like I said earlier on, until we realize that, you know, a mobile phone isn't just a mobile phone, right? It's made up of all these different constituent parts which come from all around the world, which, like, the people that have the most knowledge to help us turn these challenges around mm. are the people that have lived with the land, the indigenous folk in all around the world, in the Amazon, in, in Africa, etc. the people that have lived off the land without needing the next phone, the next car, the next house, those people that we call outsiders or those that have not been reached by humans yet. Mm. They're the ones with the knowledge to actually turn all of this stuff around. So I don't want to get too scary and existential, but the reality is we need to be aware. We need to be deeply, deeply aware that the more that we consume and the more mm. that we collect stuff, we are accelerating that 11x. So degrowth wow. is actually a thing. Degrowth Please. is a thing. What are those books and what are their names so we can we so, listeners so, can educate ourselves including me <laughs> no and me as well and this is continuous where where is it oh here we go so for those that can't see us uh like so it's less is more uh-huh so it's less uh-huh. less is more by jason hickel surname h-i-c-k-e-l first name jason and it's called less is more how degrowth will save the world and there's one other book I'm going to share another couple of books. Cool. So this one I'm halfway through. Lost Connections, have you heard of it, Nikki? No. So Lost Connections is by Johan Hari, H-A-R-E. And it says why you're depressed and how to find hope. And what it's actually interesting, it what it basically talks about, which is interesting. So I supply the pharmaceutical industry, manufacture, right? I sell a lot of solvents and other chemicals to it. We believe that we need chemicals, drugs to solve our depression. They've done extensive, extensive research to show depression is not a mental problem. It's a social problem. Hmm. If we feel isolated, if we feel disconnected to ourselves and to those around us, then we feel depressed. It's not a brain issue. It's a social issue. So that's Hmm. another one. And the last one I'm going to give you, which I have not read yet, but I've heard podcasts on this, Nikki. Hospicing Modernity, 
H-O-S-P-I-C-I-N-G, modernity, M-O-D-E-R-N-I-T-Y. And why this is so important is exactly what you and I are talking about right now, which is actually the the whole world paradigm shifts around consumption, corporate life, growth, growth, growth at all costs. It's actually crumbling. Like the system is crumbling. No one can see it yet, but the whole thing is starting to collapse, which is why you see a lot more groundswell movements with Black Lives Matter, with Mm -hmm. climate activism, with Extinction Rebellion. People are rising up now because we can't go on the way we are at 11X. So there are a few of the systems, connected to system pieces that we've been speaking about that are certainly certainly worth, again, I'm no oracle on this. There's there's Uh a lot of good work out there. But this is the area I really invite people to explore. Yep, look inside ourselves, be conscious of your communities, but go deep on systems. Like this is is what's going to make a huge difference. Oh my God, this has been phenomenal, Gary. Um, What legacy do you want to leave or to live? Because I believe we we often talk about leaving a legacy, but I also think we live our legacies. I just got a whole talk about energy. I got a whole upper head reaction as you asked that question. Really? Yeah, yeah, massively. So for me, it's very simple. I'm literally on the cusp of this integration within myself as oh. I start up this 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 transformational practice, hexo change, and as I bring weave all these different things together, we've spoken about today. Very, very simply, I am living my legacy. Hmm. That's it. Like, it's starting to happen. Like, my legacy, I, I am embodying it. But what I want that to look like when I'm gone as a legacy is that it's okay, in particular as a white man, but as any human being, it is okay to feel, to love, to cry, <laughs> you know, to, it's okay to experience every part of your human experience without judgment, hmm. without fear. That's the legacy hmm. I want to leave. Oh my god, incredible, incredible, Gary. If anyone wants to get hold of you, learn more about your work, where can they find you? First of all, if they've listened to us this far, thank you for putting <laughs> up put, put, putting up with us. Appreciate that. <laughs> but um but more more meaningfully, thank you for the invitation. So if you go and check out hexochangenow.com one word. So that's H E X O change now one word dot com. I've actually got, um, if I may share, I've got, um, I share one or two emails each week. If you want to subscribe, it's not a big salesy thing as we've already joked about today. Very mm. meaningful content, podcasts, live stream shows, which Nikki's joining me soon on the yes. right here, right now show. I can't wait. Which is going to be amazing. Um, also I write a lot of blogs reg- regularly around these sorts of things. So again, connection to self, other systems, very meaningful, very challenging, but very caring. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you'll find all sorts of different content. I've been on a number of other people's platforms. I've got two podcasts, Value Through Vulnerability and also Activating Consciousness. But the place to go for all of this stuff really is hexochangenow.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Gary Turner, Strategic Advisor. Thank you, Nikki. Amazing. Oh, that was, that was, oh my God. I have like a whole page of notes. That was just incredible. And there were still points that we didn't get around to, but it's okay. We, we'll have you back on at some other point. <laughs> Thank you so much, Gary. Thank you. Pretty appreciate you, Nikki. And thanks everyone for joining us. Thank you so much. Awesome. Oh my God. I loved that. So I am a big, big, big fan um, of the High Performance Podcast with Jake Humphrey and Damon Hughes. By the way, you should check it out if it's just phenomenal. And they had Johnny Wilkinson on a particular episode and amazing rugby player that you know world cup winner like probably like number one rugby player in the world for the last two decades right and johnny is fascinating human being Um, this is not about johnny but i will land very soon just hang in there with me and he was talking about the interconnection of we as people and our world and he gave an analogy A tree is not a tree on its own. Where does a tree stop and where does it begin? Because its roots are um, interconnected with the soil and the soil is interconnected with the earth. And similarly, we are interconnected beings. And I just thought that was really, really, really great visual for what Gary was talking about. For instance, when he he gave the example of a mobile phone, it's not just a mobile phone, but actually it's potentially displaced indigenous communities, it's the environment, it's 
not just the economics and the business aspects, but there's this intricate, intrinsic interconnectivity between community, economics, business, individuals, and whatsoever, and, and, and etc. So I think the work that Gary's doing is truly special. Um, incidentally, I'm part of like a women's circle, and a question that was posed the other day was, how can we get people in leadership to care about the environment, communities, and what have you? And through our different kind of reflections on it, we all concluded that it was about the inner state of being. It was about reflecting inwards, connecting inwards, be able to change outwards. Another thing I loved about what Gary said was this importance of being playful. Guys, importance of being playful. And for too long, it has been deemed as being frivolous, as being, you know, um, as not taking things seriously enough. But I love his reframing as it's experimenting and it's embracing curiosity in all situations where there's failure, where there's success, where we want to turn left or right, but inviting playfulness into it so that one can get to what is my version of the right answer rather than um, marking a script. He's inviting more curiosity and openness. And I love his point about nature thrives on diversity. The importance of having different perspectives is so key. That's like music to my ear. So I hope this was a really great reflective podcast for you as you step into the new year, as 2020 brings on newness to you. Um, I'd invite you to be experimental with life and discovering what's your version of right in different situations and to invite different perspectives. Unity is not uniformity. Thank you so much. Take good care and God bless you.